Hello, and welcome to Still No Plan. I'm Jordan Granger. And I'm Autumn Webb, and we are so happy you're here. This summer, we are working on really growing, and we want to, yeah, just put more energy and love into this podcast. Um, And one of the things we want to do is give our listeners a thank you for writing reviews for us on Apple Podcasts. So if you write a review for us, send us a screenshot of the review in our Instagram DMs, which is at stillnoplanpod, and we will enter you to win a Starbucks gift card and we will buy your coffee. I want to know if you're going to leave a review, please, you know, at least write it out. Like one person left a three-star review, but no comment. And I'm like, that's not helpful. Like, I would love to know if you, if you don't think that we're amazing and perfect, <laughs> that's fine. But some constructive, but not too mean constructive, because I am sensitive, some constructive criticism is good. And then, you know, if you win the raffle, you can subscribe to our little treat lifestyle. We want to help all of our listeners engage in a little treat. <laughs> How's well, your week going? My week, it was fine. <laughs> it was fine. Honestly, work lately has been every day I like get off of work and my brain feels like scrambled, like it hurts. So I just yeah. feel like it was a very draining week kind of emotionally. But I was proud of myself because on Thursday, me and my roommate, we worked together. We were at work and um, it was four. We went for a snack run. We were emotionally eating, which is not my best tactic, mm-hmm. but it is a tactic. Wait, a snack. Oh, I thought I was like, you went for a run with snacks? No, no. We <laughs> like, went, went buy on snacks. a walk to the vending machine to get That's a snack a and then eat outside. And I was, we were both just saying that like it was a rough week and that we were really stressed out. And I was like, this is the kind of day that like I would love to go home and like have a fucking drink. Like that sounds good. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, yeah, I think I'm going to. And I was like, but I think that's probably one of the worst coping mechanisms. <laughs> that's going to make me feel a lot worse. And I don't want like drinking to be a thing that I do when I'm sad. Like mm-hmm. I, especially in my family with like such a strong history of addiction. I'm like, I need to extra be careful and I don't want to start that habit. So I chose not to. And I went home and Sean and I had like a mental health day and we just went for a walk with Buddy and played outside. And then we watched Game of Thrones and we had an evening, a chill evening together that did not involve having a drink because I was like, I don't want to go home and be like, hey, let's have a drink because I had a bad day. Like, <laughs> If I want to go home and have a drink with Sean, I want it to be because we're connecting and I want to like have a good time and have a little mood booster, not because I'm like in a bad mood. And so I'm proud of myself because I've been saying that I just, I'm not like not drinking, but I am thinking about why I'm drinking when I'm drinking. And being more intentional about your drinking too. Yeah. Just like I – my intention with drinking is purely like social mood booster. I'm not going to do it mm-hmm. if I'm sad. <laughs> like that – it's not a good coping mechanism except the one excuse I do have is when I fly for my plane anxiety. And honestly, it's helped. I am thinking – normally when I have plane anxiety and I think about booking a flight to wherever I'm going next, I like – my chest tightens up and I – 
am already anxious, preemptively anxious about the flight, just thinking about it. But thinking about booking a flight to come see you, not anxious at all. Maybe it's because I know I have a buddy Mary waiting for me. And you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to take it. (laughs) I will have that one. (laughs) That's a good one. Um, yeah, I feel like a lot of people don't realize that like drinking to cope is like the technical term for it, but it can be like, oh, you had a stressful day at work. And so you come home and all you want is a glass of wine and like how easy it is to like slip into the habit of just washing away any sort of discomfort with alcohol. (laughs) And it's a lot more subtle than I think a lot of people understand. Like in reality, you're like, oh, I don't drink because I'm sad. It's like, yeah, it's not like as blatant as like, oh, you're sobbing, crying, chugging a bottle of wine. It's like you're uncomfortable. And so you drink alcohol to like make yourself feel better. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a big like cultural thing we don't talk about. And I think it's really great that you did that. Um, that's like on Danny's wedding day. Cause I knew I was going to drink for the wedding, but I like didn't drink until after speeches really. I think I maybe had some wine right before my speech, but like, because it was the ceremony and everything, like it was so beautiful and fun, but like being in the wedding and like, coordinating everyone and all of that is so stressful that I was like, there's no way for me to distinguish between like, am I drinking to celebrate or like, am I drinking because I'm stressed out? Because even if I drink, I'm drinking to celebrate, my body is going to recognize it as like, Oh, we're using this substance to like fix the anxiety that we're feeling. So yeah, I think that's, I think that's like such a good way to do it. And I feel like mindful drinking is just, it should be everyone's goal. (laughs) Like so important. Um, Oh, this is what I was going to say earlier when I was thinking and how we could frame this episode kind of is we talked about this a little bit ago when we were talking about Seattle weather. I don't know if we ever actually recorded this conversation, but we were talking about how January is like a thing in Seattle and kind of everywhere. Like there's like June gloom and you were like, yeah, but you could think of it as like January is like a time for like reevaluating your resolutions and like checking in on yourself and setting a plan for the next six months of your year. And I thought that was so cute. And I really love that and have been like being very intentional and thinking through like what I want the next six months of my year to look like. I'm like deep cleaning right now to kind of like reset and refresh halfway through the year. So I thought we could kind of like have this self-care episode. We could talk about like what we've been doing that's been good and like what we want to keep doing moving forward and kind of have like a January check-in. Oh, so cute. I love that you frame it that way. I That's been like my focus of this week. I literally, in this cute planner that you bought for me, I Yay. wrote that my focus was making a mood board for the second half of the year and reevaluating my goals and my progress on the goals that I originally set. Um, I think we should we should trademark January. <laughs> it's gonna be a still no plan um product (laughs) it's gonna be a big it's a theme every year in january um yeah i this is gonna be a good kickstarter for me tonight because that was like on my agenda was think about my (laughs) goals and reevaluate i think it's easy when in the new year when you are setting your goals to be so ambitious because you just feel like i'm gonna be a new person this year and i'm gonna change all of my habits 
And then it's good to reevaluate because you're not like, not all of them are sustainable, but also maybe you underestimated mm-hmm. some of your goals and you can like push them a little further. And if you're not like rechecking and reevaluating your goals, then you're probably also like not achieving that many of your goals. <laughs> yeah. So, well, it's, it's hard to keep anything up for a full year. Like, I think that's why yeah. people don't end up making new year's resolutions because they're like, Oh, a 12 months is very daunting. But if you cut the year up into like six month periods, mm-hmm. then that's so much more approachable. Um, and it just gives you a time to be like, yeah, exactly. Like, maybe this thing isn't working for me. So like, what is, and I have a good example of that, but we can start with what were your new year's resolutions? Oh, I have them actually. My year ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have the I actual ones. So I wrote, I would love to complete triathlon, launching the podcast, starting a new business, whole 30. Um, I said, find a new apartment, but I actually just renewed my lease. Um, I would love to start meditating, connecting with a higher frequency. So like getting into my spirituality and getting back into things that I used to love, like, uh, musical theater, dancing, ice skating. And, um, I guess I'll just go through each one of those things. So the triathlon. Yes, I did that with my dad. That was amazing. Um, launching a podcast. Yes, we did that the same day of my triathlon. So that's an extra special day for me, I guess, this year. Um, Starting a new business, I guess the podcast in a way is a business. I had this whole idea for like a hat slash sex toy company that I never never fully took on. But, you know, it's never too late. So maybe I will start doing that. But I think right now I'm kind of more like I want to invest most of my free time in this and Mm -hmm. make sure this gets like legs and starts running over you know, just starting like seven different projects. So kind of hyper-focused on that. I did whole 30. I didn't finish 75 hard, but I was training for a triathlon. So like that was so hard to have like a workout inside and outside when sometimes my workouts really were just like two hours outside or two hours inside. Like that was Mm -hmm. it for me. So, you know, I didn't do 75 hard, but kind of one-upped it maybe. Um, taking dance classes. I'm signing up for one this week. So that will be my first one to take me seven months to get here, but getting here, singing lessons. I have not signed up for, but I'm thinking about it. Meditating. I have been doing that and I have been trying to get in touch with my spirituality by listening to a lot of Joe Dispenza and like incorporating his meditation specifically. And, Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like I'm making progress in all of these things, but there definitely is like you know, then there's all the little ones like drink this much water every day or eat this way or, you mm-hmm. know, all like work out this many times a week. And those kind of get like jumbled up, I think. But, um, but yeah, I guess it's kind of where my main intention for the year was peace, abundance and connection. And I think I've started to find inner peace. I still have struggle with a lot of anxiety, but um, I feel a lot more at peace with myself and who I am and what I want this year than I did last year. So I don't know if peace for me is one day, hopefully it will mean no anxiety, but, um, for now I feel pretty peaceful more than, than last year. So I think Mm -hmm. I'm making good progress. We're making good headway. Yeah. I think I feel, I mean, maybe it'll mean no anxiety ever. 
but I just saw this thing and I was like, oh my God, that's so great. This is one of the things that I've been doing is like becoming an observer of my thoughts rather than like feeling defined by my thoughts. And I Mm -hmm. see that a lot with like things like really negative self-talk that come with my depression and like really, I've felt really insecure recently. And so like really just honestly being mean to myself in my own head but being able to like step above it and recognize that like that is not me thinking through those things and like those things are not true and being an observer of your own thoughts and I think that is like that is where peace can come because it's like I'm never gonna be fully clear from like my depressed thoughts I'm never gonna be fully clear from that I mean maybe someday but like i it's been like 10 years at this point. I don't really know. Um, but there is like a, a piece that's just come with like being able to recognize that that I'm not defined by that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think think that's why journaling is so helpful because it allows you to be an observer of the way you're thinking. Yeah. I think so much of it too, is like not like letting go of control and like not like just witnessing like, yeah, okay, I have this thought doesn't mean I don't need to identify with it. I don't need to be that thought. Like I just let it move through me like water, like a pass over me mm-hmm. and it doesn't need to make my heart rate increase and my like chest tighten up. Like you are not your thoughts. And I said this during, I remember we had like a a rush thing, like sophomore year or something, like a little meeting. And we were talking about like how to not be biased and not judge people based off looks or whatever. And I was like, yeah, but something that's always helped me is like, it's not the first thought that pops into your head. It's the second. So like, it's not you being like, oh, that person looks like whatever. It's then afterwards. I'm like, that was mean of me. I shouldn't think that. Like, I don't know their story. I don't know who they are. Like it's the second thought that is, you know, you reining in your ego or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, your and brain like recognizing your biases yeah. and things like that. Yeah. yeah. I think becoming it like being able to get there is like the key to many things. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not there, but I, no. I it's getting a lot better and it's helping lots. Um but your resolutions were like much more formal than mine were. I did not write them out. That but is maybe adorable. it's also just indicative of our personalities. I'm a very like For sure write it down, plan it out. We're going to do this. I think it's, I'm just a control freak. So <laughs> that's just it's my anxiety. Okay, really cute. And it's in your cute journal. Um, but my main one was to live a life that does not revolve around alcohol. That was like the theme of my year. And I think live, like I was like joking that this was like the year of the hobbies and like my passions. And so I wanted to pursue things that like really made me happy. Um, So one of the things that came with that was the hundred day challenge of being sober for a hundred days. And that was wonderful. I did that. Um, I did have run a mile every day for, well, it was going to be run 365 miles in the year, but my knees started getting messed up because I was running so much. And unfortunately, like even with good shoes and everything, my knees are just so fucked up from soccer that like, if I consistently run, I have issues. So I had to refresh that one. And now it's trying to get 12,000 steps a day. And I have a huge hack for that, which is my under desk treadmill. And I walk all the time when I'm working And that has been like a game changer. 
And that one's a lot more, it's like, it's a lot more approachable. I can bring Clio. It like fits a lot more of my things. I can meditate. I usually can like do something that I want to do on my walk. So mm-hmm. whether that's like call you and like start talking about the podcast or if there's like a podcast I want to listen to or like a book I want to listen to, or if I just need to decompress and like walk, or if I need to make TikToks, like I like that I can like double down walking with like things that I need to get done because I have like I have a lot of going on. I honestly don't have that much free time in a week. And mm-hmm. so I really like the walk reframe. Um, and then hobbies, I started horseback riding again, which has been my absolute favorite thing. I mean, I guess I did that last year, but like I'm focusing on it. I added an hour lesson and now I do it twice a week and it literally makes me so happy. It's an expensive hobby, so I can't do it any more than that. But like if I could, I would literally go every day. Um, I play soccer and then business wise. Yeah. This podcast, I think like launching the podcast was step one of the resolution and our follow-up January resolution can kind of be like getting into the business side of it and really understanding like how we can grow and just like establish ourselves. Um, cause it's been really fun creating all the content and I think we do, we are getting some traction. And so I'd love to like see where that can go, but those are my main ones. And I really, I mean, now I don't even drink. So yes, I have successfully <laughs> built a life that does not revolve around alcohol. Um, and I think, yeah, I'm all the more better for it. It's been, it's been good. I would say it's a good six months. Yeah. I like, I like, um, both of your resolutions, but I really like the year of the hobbies and the play. I think that's what a lot of my like second half of the year ones are going to be about just because, mm-hmm. I think something I struggle with is balance. I really, I kind of like go all in on this like health and wellness thing and then I get too rigid and then I'm like, I'm not having fun. Like this is supposed to be a fun thing for me and now I'm making it feel, I'm making myself feel like if I'm not meditating, stretching, reading, drinking tea, drinking bone, like doing all of the fucking things that for some reason that means I'm not doing well enough and it's hard Mm -hmm. to like do all of those things and then also you know incorporate play and hobbies into my life and so that's kind of what I want the second half of the year to be about like joy and silliness and like play and just leaning into the silly goofy side of me (laughs) and just like making jokes more and just not taking things so seriously and just you know enjoying the things and it's still on the same note of like letting go of control but it's more so like leaning into the like joy of not knowing and like this simplicity of life like you really don't need that much you really just need some good company in nature and you can have a good fun time (laughs) like so also like recognizing the joy of process i think is mm -hmm. so has been so big for me like as I mean both of us are like high achieving perfectionists in different ways but like definitely high achieving perfectionists and it's really hard for me to want to do something that I'm not going to be good at right away like I don't want to do it and I think with horseback riding I like was an adult at lessons and it's been so fun like now I'm at a point where I'm confident and I've like allowed myself to learn and grow but like in the beginning there was like 12 year olds there who were way better than me. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And it's still, they're still there and they're still way better than me. <laughs> and it's like, it's definitely like a journey, but the fun part of it is 
learning and like actually doing like enjoying the process mm-hmm. same with this it's like half of the fun for us is like the actual process of like figuring shit out and technical difficulties mm-hmm. and like learning how to edit things and it's just like such a good learning opportunity if you just like enjoy the learning part and not just the end result i know and i'm gonna turn this one up folks you do not need to be good at your hobbies <laughs> Like, no, that is a big barrier to entry. I think for me personally, I like to be, it's hard for me to not be good at things. Like I, it's a major resistance when I know that I'm struggling at something, but when I feel that resistance, that's when I know that it's something I need to be doing even more. Like going Mm -hmm. ice skating, starting ice skating again was really hard for me because, you know, I skated at like a high level. And so when you're really good at something and then you take, you know, a 10 year break like I did and you come back to it and you're not as good as you used to be, it's deflating. Like I, yeah. when I started ice skating, I was like, I'm making this too, I'm putting too much pressure on myself. Like I was thinking everyone in the rink was staring at me. Like, why is this girl here? No one was thinking about me. No one cared what I was doing. No. Like it's not, skating is supposed to be a fun thing for me. It doesn't, I don't have, I'm not competing. I'm not doing anything. Like I'm just going to have fun. And I was not letting myself have fun because I put so much pressure on myself. And so yeah, just realizing that, yeah, okay, I took a 10 year break. I'm not going to be as good as I was when I was skating five hours a day, seven days a week. Mm -hmm. Like that's the reality. (laughs) And the more I go, the more confident, the more comfortable I feel. And now I'm able to have fun. But yeah, when I started, I was literally talking to my therapist, like, why am I making this so not fun? This is supposed to be fun. Like I'm spending money on something and I'm not having a good time. <laughs> like, Yeah. I put on my goals for this week specifically to sign up for one, the dance class, but two, uh, I want to join like a league of some sort, like whether that's mm. like a soccer league or a kickball or a softball or tennis, I don't really know what it's going to be, but I think that would be a really good way to foster community and have more play in my life. So that is a goal of mine for the second half of the year, like finding a community outside of work and outside of my roommates that are people that I like, you know, am getting some sort of like play and like, I don't know, energy out. It's like movement, but it's fun movement. That's not like structured at the gym, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's what, so I'm in a soccer league and I feel very similar to you with ice skating where I'm like, wow, I used to play at a very competitive level and now I'm like not good anymore. And I'm like so out of shape, like for this, oh my God, I'm like hyperventilating the entire time. And it's really stressful, but it's also like, for me, I'm like, this is such a great workout that I'm getting and I'm enjoying doing it. Mm -hmm. And so it's like once a week, I know I'm going to get like very good cardio and actually have a fun time doing it. Like that is such a win for me. Because it is easy. And then I know, like, and honestly, with horseback riding too, like, that's a workout. I'm, because it's scheduled and I'm going to enjoy it, there's, like, three days a week that I'm moving my body and enjoying it. Like, that's pretty good. Even if I do nothing else for the rest of the week, like, knowing that I have those three things just kind of, like, gives me more grace elsewhere in my week to, like, take what I need Mm -hmm. with the time that I have. We are talking about, like, intention with drinking, and that's something that I'm trying to bring into like fitness and movement is my intention because mm-hmm. I was telling everyone this on like our girls trip reunion. I feel like the triathlon put me in a, like a good headspace with working out, but like, because I liked the way that my body looked after training that much and working out that much, I then after the triathlon was over, I was happy to not have so much 
like rigid rigidity uh, rigidness i don't know what the word is like strictness in my fitness but then i felt like i was starting to tell myself oh if you don't work out today you're going to lose those abs that you made and if you don't work Mm -hmm. out you're not going to look as good like and uh, that it's like a weird thing because i don't i i don't like always i don't give into it very much but i don't even like the thoughts being there like even just that is stressful enough and so like yesterday I was thinking that way. I was like, I should go to the gym because I want to look good at the beach. And then I was like, that's not a reason to go to the gym, actually. Does my body want to go to the gym right now? Is that what I genuinely, do I want movement? Like, does that is that going to feel good for me? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, no, actually, I don't think I want to do that. And so I'm trying to work an intention with working out and like transition the intention, whether that's to like have fun or be playful with like skating or joining a soccer league or something, or if it's to be strong or to de-stress, like those are good mm-hmm. or to have more energy. Like those are good. I was going to say but, re-energize is a big one. Yeah. But if I'm, if my thought process behind going to the gym is like, I want to look good. I know that's like a normal thing, but I think it can easily turn negative. And so I think that's kind of the way I'm like, yeah, you can want to look good, but if that's like your sole motivating factor for going, mm-hmm. then that's where I don't want to give into that. And that's where I kind of want to be like, you know what? Actually, you're going to only do yoga tonight, bitch, because you're being yeah. toxic. <laughs> you don't get to go. To well, it, it spirals so easy. I feel like if I start working out for that reason, like it's never, ever, ever, ever going to be good enough. Like I used to be a size zero and it's like, I look back and I'm like, wow, the way that I hated my body back then is now like, that's like now my like dream goal body that I will never achieve. And so I, I think Victoria Garrick said this, she like posted a video about that basically. And she was like, it's never been about your size. Like Mm -hmm. it has never once been about your actual body or your actual size. It's about your, the way you're thinking about it and like the pressures that we put on ourselves. So I think like, well, health can be a good reason to go and like some level of like wanting to look and feel your best can be a good reason to go to the gym. It will never be enough and it just quickly spirals into self-loathing no matter how Mm -hmm. much you go to the gym, no matter how much you're restricting your eating, like anything, it'll just spiral. Like there's no way, there's no skinniness that will feel like good enough. (laughs) And so that's been a big one for me too is like recognizing what I need. Like the other day I was really tired, but I wanted to like wake up and feel re-energized and like move my body. So I went to a core power, hot power fusion class and it was like perfect. And Mm -hmm. I felt so fucking good walking out of that class based on like when I walked in because I was really intentional and like thought about what I actually wanted, not like one, what my goals were or like expectations were for myself and rather like, oh, this is my goal, which getting into January, January resolutions. One of my things that I need to figure out how to like nail this down in verbiage, but is to work movement, like specific types of movement. So I'm going to say like some level of like resistance training, which I would say yoga and Pilates count as that for me, because it's like, it's just kind of weight bearing workouts And then some level of cardio, whether that be working or or walking or running, like each of those three times a week. Mm -hmm. And I think having more flexibility in my health goals gives me more room to be like, you know what, today I just want to go like stretch on the floor of a hot yoga class and I'm going to count that and that's fine. That's movement for me. So that like goes into my category. 
but like giving myself like, look, I want to have this amount of movement in my life to like feel and feel my best, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't need to be like, I need to go to the gym and walk 30 minutes on the stair stepper and do this many ab circuits because I want my bikini sexy bod constantly. Yeah. Well, also when someone who has like, you know, any sort of hormone dysfunction or like not regularness Mm -hmm. there, the stress that I would feel I put on myself for not working out or not moving my body that day is arguably worse than just not moving my body and accepting that. Like stress, when you are struggling with any sort of harm, stress is so bad for your body. It doesn't even matter who you are. Like, And so internalizing stress for not working out enough is probably worse for you and your body goals than just not going to the gym that day and like accepting that. And I, I think we talked about this with Rana, just like after work, if I feel like I need movement, I, I'm just going to honor what my body wants. Like, am I stressed out? Do I need to go for a hard run to get my blood pumping and like feel that way? Or is it more so, you know, I'm really drained. All I can do is like go for a walk, but maybe I'll go for an hour long walk and just like Mm -hmm. disconnect and just look outside and not have a podcast, not have music, like just be outside in nature. And um, so, yeah, I'm really leaning into the whole intentionality behind working out because I think that's equally important as your intentionality with drinking. <laughs> like it can lead sure. to a toxic thing so, so, so quick with working out. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, to your point about hormones and PCOS for my PCOS girlies, I have PCOS and I just did my blood work and I've known this for a while. It's like linked to DHEA in my body. It's not actually linked to an imbalance of testosterone and DHEA is produced in your adrenals, which are activated by high intensity workouts. And so I was doing berries all the time when I quit drinking and I loved it. I was having a great time, but my PCOS symptoms started flaring up and I was having a harder time losing weight. And there was just like some other irregularities that I noticed. And I really do think it was linked to the fact that I was doing really high intensity workouts and stimulating my adrenals. And that was like furthering my PCOS. So it's totally like person to person and even like person to person week to week. If you're a woman and you go through a menstrual cycle, like there is, it can be what is great for you. One week can be very different for the next week. Um, and yeah, I've been trying to allow for more flexibility and like what I expect my day to be. And I'm actually, so we have an upcoming episode with this girl, Chelsea, who focuses on ADHD. And I'm so excited to talk to her about it because that's kind of her philosophy is like having structured buckets of what you want to see in your week. But a lot Mm -hmm. of things can go into each of those buckets. So like movement can be one bucket and that could be such a myriad of things that it's like a lot more freeing to try and reach that goal. Yeah. Um, I, want to kind of transition into what are our January goals though. So what are you planning for yourself for the second half of the year? What do you want it to look like? And how are you going to implement that into, into your week? Yeah. I think the like unstructured movement time and figuring out ways to like, I mean, I think honestly, like that kind of whole thing I was just saying of like finding ways to bucket what I need like the categories of things that I do into larger buckets and structuring my week in that way, instead of being as concerned about like the specificity of what exactly is going on. 
um, because it's really easy. Like I have a lot going on and I really love everything that's going on in my life right now. And it's really easy to feel like I'm not doing enough. Like I'm missing out on something constantly. And it's like, I could be more productive. I could be more social. I could give myself more rest. I could like be more organized. There's like so many ways to do that. So I kind of want to bucket my weeks in a way that are like, okay, I'm going to spend like this much time like organizing and prepping and like whatever, like getting my shit together. We'll call that one category. And then like this much time moving and this much time creating and this much time like working and this much time socializing. And so like building my weeks in a way that allows for me to have more forgiveness on like what I'm doing, but also allows me to like structure and not feel like I'm constantly behind and like waiting so that's one of them. Um, oh, one of my other resolutions was to travel to new places. And I want to keep doing that. I want to plan one more trip this year. That's to somewhere new. Um, so stay tuned. I don't know what that will be, but <laughs> planning something. Um, and then, yeah, I think like focusing on the business element of the podcast and like, obviously we're going to keep creating content, but we just hired someone, which is so fun. And seeing like, I mean, kind of like playing with that process and enjoying the process of learning like how to scale something, how to channel, like market through different channels and just kind of figure out, like mess around with our podcast and use it as a medium to like learn more about business. And both of us want to start our own businesses someday, like use this as an excuse to learn all of it. Um, so yeah, I think those are my, my biggies. What about you? What are your January ones? So, yes, join some sort of fun sports league so I can have a sense of community mm-hmm. there. And um, I want to at least ice skate two times a week. So that's a big one. And I'm also trying to reevaluate. I think it's a similar note of you, like not feeling like I have to do everything that's on my like – that's a nice-to-have sort of list, like – I feel like right now my nice-to-haves feel like need-to-haves, and then when I don't check off everything on my list, then I feel mad at myself or like disappointed in myself that I'm not checking off every single box. And so I think I need to kind of reevaluate, like, what are the baseline things that I need to, in a week, to feel good about myself and to feel like I'm taking care of myself and all of my individual buckets, like my social bucket and my relationship and my work, my like the same thing as you, like, and not, and then also about like, oh, these things are things that I like to do, but I don't need to do them to feel my best. It's just like, that's an optimal mm-hmm. sort of thing. Cause I've been trying every fucking week this year to make journaling, stretching, part of my daily routine and I just never do. And so I'm like, is that a part of my baseline? Like, do I need that? Or is that like a nice to have? Because I don't need to keep beating Mm -hmm. myself up every week when I don't do those things. Like, is that something that I just lean into sometimes and it feels good sometimes? Like I've, it's just, again, struggling with like the balance of it all, which is why we talked about this with, I think a lot of people talk about this with like food, like especially is don't think about what can you take away from your diet. Like think about what things you can add in to make it mm-hmm. more balanced. Like add in more veggies. Doesn't mean you take away your ice cream, just add in more goodness. And when you're eating more goodness, you're probably gonna want less of like the things that might not be as, 
you know, energizing to you and good for your body. Yeah. Um, and so it's the same. Like, I'm just going to add in more like play and more like intentional movement. And I think those other, those like subcategories of nice to have will kind of like fall in line when I add in those mm-hmm. things and I'll just like be more balanced in general instead of feeling like I need to do these 25 things every day for my health and wellness. Like that's just not true. <laughs> like that's a bit, it's a bit above me on. And I think sometimes I take it too far in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. We will keep everyone updated on how we figure out how to bucket our week. <laughs> but yeah, I do think like having like if you're trying to incorporate something into your life and it's making you miserable, like you probably don't need that thing. Like if it's like a habit that you're not picking up on and you've worked really hard to build the habit and it's just not sticking, like you probably don't need that habit or it's not going to benefit you or like find a different way to get that category of thing because it's not working. (laughs) Like you don't need to beat yourself up every week over something that just isn't working for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So those are good ones. Happy January. Woo. 